Man, it is so great to see you today, Life Church. Whether you're meeting us online or in person, so glad that you're here. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. If I have not had an opportunity to meet you personally, I look forward to doing that. But today, I am glad that you are here. I've got a message that I think um, not only is just a great walk through a particular passage of the Bible, but it's something that has a ton of application in our world and in our lives. I'm kind of one of those guys that I don't just like to have a sermon uh, for a Sunday, but I like something that you can live and walk out in your life on Monday. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn, turn with me to Romans chapter 10. We're in this series on providence as we're continuing to journey through Romans chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11. I hope you'll be back next weekend as I'll be sharing next weekend, uh, continuing in in this series. But today I want to talk to you about the reception of the gospel. The reception of the gospel. I'm sure you've had this experience of trying to get reception somewhere uh, and, and the frustration that goes along with that. Like, think for a minute, like your, your cell service, like your, your mobile phone, you're trying to get reception. Have you ever been driving along and all of a sudden you drop a call or, or it, it, it's like the, it's spotty at best. I mean, for me in central Wisconsin, uh, I lose and drop more calls randomly in different places and, and I can get better reception and I can actually post on social media uh, in Tanzania, in the interior part of the country, uh, way better than I can in central Wisconsin. I, I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's so frustrating. Or Wi-Fi. So, you know, you used to be that we didn't really have, I mean, why, I know um, I'm really sounding old here, but, but Wi-Fi, I mean, probably, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we were talking about, hey, what's this going to happen? Do you have why? You know, it's just, it's something that we began new that you had to be more connected to. And now it's just, it's everywhere, anywhere you go. But then you've got these download speeds, right? So you're trying to download a, a Netflix uh, kind of a movie or a documentary or your show or whatever you're trying to do, Amazon Prime, whatever it may be. And it's just like, but the processing speed is not fast enough. And so, yeah, you, you're able to, to get reception to baby, basically send a, a message, an email or whatever, but you can't download a movie. You can't download a program. You can't download a file, whatever you may be trying to do. Even you go to a hotel and they give you free Wi-Fi, which is kind of sorry, but you got to pay for the premium stuff, which means you, it's actually where it doesn't have to buffer. It's just, it's that reception, the frustration. Or a couple of weeks ago, I was actually traveling to Missouri uh, for Convoy of Hope board meetings, and I was in the Atlanta airport and had an ungodly long layover. And so I am there, and uh, and I there's they're not showing the Packer game, and I want to see the Packer game. And so it's like I, I go to my on my iPad and I'm going to my my uh, uh, home cable provider and so but because I'm not on my home Wi-Fi I can't watch it because it's a local channel I don't have Direct TV I know I should probably get that but anyhow so that's another another story for another day I text Ryan Coggins our executive pastor and I said Ryan do you happen to have any kind of a link where I can watch this Packer game? Ryan always has some type of something. He knows I, I can text him. He'll get, he sends me this link. It's awesome. I mean, it's, it's HD. I'm watching on my iPad. It's great. But then I look and it continues. It starts popping up these ads that it wants me to place bets because it's a betting website. Great reception, 
I might have to talk to our executive pastor about some of his, his, his issues with, with putting bets on games because I don't know where he got that site from. Anyhow, it's a little bit of a joke. But reception can be hard. And getting reception and getting connected can be hard. The same is true of the gospel. We have this message in Jesus Christ. We have this hope. We have this amazing grace that we have all experienced. Or for those of us that are followers of Jesus Christ, I don't mean to be presumptive or assumptive, but we have this relationship with Christ, and it's amazing. This, the gospel means good news. The, the fact that you and I, yes, we're dead in our sins, but that God loved us enough that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, for us. And if we will accept and believe and confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we will be saved. Amazing. Why is it that such a great, liberating, free gospel, good news, is so hard for people to receive? And how do they receive it? I'm so glad you asked that question, because that's what I want to talk to you about for these next few moments. The reception of the gospel. Romans chapter 10 explains it. I want to dial in to verses 13 through 17. It's kind of the crux of what we're talking about today. So Romans 10, verse 13 through 17. It's going to be on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, if you do, you can follow along with me. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, the Lord has believed what he has heard from us. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So there's two layers that are going on here theologically in Romans 10. One, and it's talked about there where he quotes Isaiah, where Paul quotes Isaiah in Romans chapter, in chapter 10, verse 16. Uh, it's the rejection of the nation of Israel of the gospel through Jesus Christ. So Paul is talking theologically about how the Jews have rejected the cornerstone that Isaiah would refer to Jesus as, as the Messiah. And so even though he was sent first for them, first for the Jew, and then for the Gentile. Um, remember, Paul is writing to the church in Rome, so his, his, his audience is a Gentile audience. It's not a Jew audience per, primarily. And so, but he's, he's alluding to this and giving this information. Um, that's, one, that's one part of it. I don't really want to go to that part of it today. I want to go more to another layer, which is how the gospel works. And it works this way whether you're a Jew or a Gentile. It's the reception of how it works. God has always used what I would call saved people, Christ followers, people that have experienced the good news, have experienced their sins being forgiven, have experienced the new life that comes in Jesus. God's always used saved people to share the transformational love of Jesus. Always. This is how he does it. It's what we see with Jesus. Jesus shared the love of God with the 12, and then the 12 changed the world. Uh, Jesus has told us, and in the, in, in the Bible it tells us in the Gospels, that we're to go into all the world and preach and teach the Gospel. That's the great, that's the great commission. The great commandment is to love our Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and our neighbors ourselves. Again, it's sharing this love of Jesus. It's sharing this love of Christ. And so, 
That's how God always works. So reception, when it comes to how God works in our lives through salvation, when it comes to the good news, it, first of all, it begins with belief. It's a statement here that's going to be on the screen. God offers the free gift of salvation to all. God offers the free gift of salvation to all. Look back in verse 13 and in the beginning part of verse 14. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? So that word everyone in verse 13, that's the NIV that we're actually reading there. The, the, the King James Version uses a word I kind of like better. I don't know, maybe it's just the way I learned it, but it's the word whoever. Whoever calls on the Lord, name of the Lord will be saved. I just want you to stop and think about that just for a minute. Whoever. That means that anybody and everybody, whether they're a somebody or a nobody, can experience the love and the transformational grace of Jesus Christ. That means you don't have to be raised in church. That means you don't have to check all the boxes. That means you don't have to be a good person. That means you don't have to perform or meet anybody else's standards. Whether you're down and out or up and over, whether you have more money than you know what to do with, or you don't know if you're going to be able to have enough money to, to put gas in your car this week or, or pay your bills. Anybody, anybody, whoever, whether, whether you are, are, are born and raised in a first world nation or an emerging, uh, a developing nation, doesn't matter. Whether you know someone or you don't, it doesn't matter. What, what, what you've done in your life, how gross and how great the sin may be, it doesn't matter. We, again, I, I think sometimes we, we want to we wanna whitewash this. We want to kind of uh, sanitize this. We want to kind of put a church spin on it. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter who you are, whoever, anybody that calls on the name of Jesus, they will be saved, period. So if you're, if you're here today or you're watching online or uh, you're kind of going, I just don't know if God could love me. You just don't know what I've done. You're anybody. You're whoever. I, I, I just don't know if I'm good enough. I, I just don't know. If you really knew me, Aaron, you know the good news about that is it doesn't matter what Aaron thinks. It doesn't matter what Sally thinks or what John thinks or what Debbie thinks or, or what Tom thinks. The only person that matters is what God thinks. And God says that whoever, you, regardless who you are, regardless where, you've, where, where you're from, regardless where you're going, regardless what mistakes, regardless what failures, regardless, it does not matter. If you call the name of the Lord, God will save you right where you are. He will meet you right where you are. I want you to think about that for a moment. Whoever. That's the reason why at church, it's not about membership. The ground's level the foot of the cross. None of us are any better than anybody else. And, and sorry, God's still on the throne and, and he didn't die and you're not God. We're not judge and jury. We're seriously here to share the love of Jesus Christ. As one person who has been saved, I'm throwing a lifeline out to you. I'm sending a lifeboat out to you. You can experience the same thing that I did. Why? Because God loves you just as much as he loves me. God cares for you just as much as he cares for me. God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, for you just as much as he did for me. And so whether you are, are at a place where you're not, you're not yet accepted that and you want to do that, it's simple. It really is simple. It's Jesus, 
I accept that you are who the Bible says you are, the Son of God, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, down the cross for my sins and rose again. I believe that you are my salvation, that you are my King, that you're my Messiah, that you're the one to take my sins away. And I confess my sins and I confess my need for you. Come into my heart, come into my life. Just accept, believe, and confess that Jesus is who the Bible says that he is. You will be saved. I think it's also good for us as a church to be reminded that it doesn't matter who's walking in the door. We're not judge and jury. God loves everyone around the corner and around the world. Second statement that we see here about reception is that this belief is based upon hearing. So it begins with the belief. God offers a free gift of salvation to all. But it's based upon hearing. This is the second statement you're going to see on the, on the screen. To receive the gift, people must first hear the message. To receive this free gift of salvation, people must first hear the message. Go back to verse number 14. Uh, what we would say 14b. So if you see 14a, 14b, 14c, it's basically we've just segmented out that verse so that you know it's the first part, the middle part, the third part, or wherever. Because there's these, verse 14 has all these series of questions. So 14b, how are they, people that are far away from God that have not yet received the good news, to believe in him, Jesus, of whom they have not heard? It's talking about hearing. And I want you to remember that the Bible calls you and I as Christ followers, those who have heard the word and have believed in the word, we're sheep. Now, sheep are herd creatures. Sheep are not the smartest animals on the face of the planet. So don't think that God thinks that you're so amazing because he likened you into a sheep. It's like, oh, it's just such a cuddly little baba sheep. No, 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 no. Sheep don't have great vision. Sheep are herd animals. Uh, sheep get into trouble all the time. Sheep need a shepherd. But one thing that sheep have are amazing hearing. It's interesting that how the reception of the gospel is transmitted is by hearing. He'll go on in verse 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's the reason why every time you hear a message that's based upon God's word, every time you hear a teaching from God's word, it strengthens you. Every time you hear a song that's a worship song, that's, that's scripture, that's based do, deeply rooted, it, what's moving you is not the melody, it's not the rhythm, it's, not, it's, it's the message, it's the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, that when you read God's word, when you hear God's word being spoken, there's something about that, that it's like, <sighs> because it's how the reception, how God made you and I, the auditory ability that we have to be able to hear, how sometimes we can't see it, sometimes we can't touch it, sometimes we can't feel it, but we hear it. We, we hear it. It's like, I, I, I hear that noise. I, what, what is that? What, 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 and, then, and then we begin to hone in and we hear it and we listen to it. How did you hear the message the first time you heard it? Did you receive, did you have reception the first time you heard it? Or did it take you a few times to hear it? 
See, this is the reason why we spend so much time at Life Church about crafting an environment and crafting a message so that people can hear it because there's so much stuff going on in our world. There's so many platforms in which to listen to, to hear things. I mean, you can just scroll through. Have you ever been in a setting, maybe in a church service, where somebody is scrolling through on social media and, and, and they hit it in just the wrong way? They touch the screen just wrong, and all of a sudden there comes out this advertisement or whatever and they're, 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 they're trying to, to turn it off and, and they're fumbling through the phone. But here, here's the deal. There's so many messages that are screaming at us. There are so many advertisements that are coming at us. The truth of the matter is, is that we have to be really careful and we have to be very intentional about how we share this message so people can hear it, so they can get it. And so, because again, the way you got it may be different than the way somebody else hears it and the way somebody else hears it. But, but, but we've got to be intentional. We've got to spend time in prayer and we've got to think, how is this message going to be best received? And how is it going to be best heard? And that's one of the reasons why at Life Church we say, look, we'll do anything short of sin to see somebody far away from God come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I don't, I don't mind offending Christ followers. I just don't want anything except for the gospel to offend someone who's far away from God. I want them to hear the message. I don't want me to get in the way of the message. I don't want the church to get in the way of the message. I don't want our programming to get in the way of the message. I want to present Jesus. I want them to hear Jesus. I want them to hear the message. You want them to hear the message. And so in every environment, at every age, that's the reason why we spend so much energy at in Life Kids. Because again, the very best environment for a kid to hear the message is not a weekend service in the adult auditorium. It's going to be in early childhood. It's going to be in elementary. It's going to be in a midweek Bible study uh, with, with in junior high or senior high, middle school, high school. It's going to be in a 20-ish Bible study. It's going to be in a small group setting. It's going to be wherever the best place for is for them to hear. We're very intentional, even in a weekend service, even right now, even in what we're doing to make sure that this message, that this message is heard. Because unless you hear it, you'll never believe and respond. Unless you hear it, it'll never change your life. Think about that. When did you first hear the message? And you responded. When did the reception hit you? It's different for everybody. Maybe it was a church service. Maybe it was a Bible study. Maybe it was sitting alone in your car and you're crying out to God in desperation. Maybe you are going somewhere completely different and God began to unfold some things and little did you realize that the Holy Spirit was orchestrating something that he was leading you to. And he got you at a place where you could hear. That's how it works. There's belief that comes from hearing and the hearing is by a preacher. This is going to be a statement that's going to come up on the screen. We are the only ones who can preach the message. We, those of us that have experienced the grace and love and the good news of Jesus, we are the only ones who can preach the message. You, me. And sometimes when we hear that, we think, preacher, let's go back to the verse again. Verse 14c, right, the last part, and 15 says, how are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to preach unless they are sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I didn't know feet were beautiful, but if you bring good news, your feet can be beautiful too. Amen? Preacher, 
is the word that the King James Version would use. The message transliteration would use the word anybody. The New Century Version or the New Children's Version is, would use the word someone. And the Amplified Bible uses the word messenger. Listen to this. Preacher can be anybody who is someone willing to be the messenger of the gospel. Preacher can be anyone who is someone who is willing to be a messenger of the gospel. When we hear that word preacher, sometimes we go, oh, that's not me, man. That's not my calling. That's, that's pastor so-and-so or, or that's evangelist so-and-so or that's missionary so-and-so. That's the youth pastor. That, that, that's my children's pastor. That, that, that's the senior pastor. That's, that's executive pastor. No, they're the preachers. They're the ones. That, that's, that's what Pastor Aaron's doing. I don't do that. No, no, no. I don't want you to get hung up on the word preacher because all it is is a preacher is one who proclaims. One who communicates, one who shares the message. That's the preacher. And you and I are all called to be the preacher. Why? Because we have experienced, we have believed based upon our hearing. We have received, we've gotten reception and God has changed our life. We're one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. That's how God set it up. Because it's not just something that's in chapter and verse. Yes, it is but it's your story. And can I tell you, people may refute the Bible, but they're not going to refute your story. Let me tell you where I was and God showed up. Let me tell you where I was when I heard the message and I believed and I responded. Let me tell you where I was in my life. Let me tell you the place. Let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you what my life was like before and let me tell you what it was like after. Let me tell you what was going on before. Let me tell you what was going on after. It's, it's this I was once a sinner and I encountered this amazing, unmerited favor of God, this grace in my life through the good news of Jesus Christ. And I heard it. I received that message and I believed. And now because of that, I'm simply telling you. That's how Paul describes the reception of the gospel. The reception of the gospel then therefore is the belief of the good news of Jesus Christ based upon the hearing the message of a messenger who is sent. We're all sent, aren't we? Remember the great commission? Go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel? That's to all of us. It wasn't just the apostles, it wasn't just the disciples, not just the pastors, not just those people who have the five-fold ministry gifts that Paul will give to the church in Ephesus. No, no, no. It's all of us. We're all sent. And then Paul quotes the Old Testament and he says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring this good news. The reception of the gospel. Let me just give you a, a working illustration of this and story. And then we're, I'm going to pray. The summer of 2010, Life Church took a mission trip to the small European country of Montenegro. It's an Eastern European country, relatively impoverished, not very many Christians anywhere in the country. Orthodox Church is basically the only church that's known. So very staunch and Someone impersonal, not real relatable to, especially in today's society. And we partnered with a missionary, Michael McNamee, who's a Convoy of Hope uh, missionary. Michael's been here at the church. He's spoken many times. Great missionary. And we were going to do an outreach, a compassion outreach, there in, the, in, in this small city in Montenegro. And, and it was going to be in conjunction with planting a church. So it was going to be this outreach of compassion where we were just going to meet 
felt needs of people. There was going to be food, and there were going to there's going to be haircuts, and 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 there there were there was all kinds of there was games for the kids, and it was just kind of this fair type of an atmosphere. And and so we sent a team that went there, and we sent them, and and they went and worked and set everything up, and 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 then there's a there's a place where you can talk to people and and have a conversation, and 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 at the outreach came a 22 year old single mom named. Redmelia. Redmelia wasn't planning on going to the outreach, wasn't really planning on having anything to do with the church. She just happened to be in that, in that area of town and happened to be walking by and happened to see what was going on. And Michael McNamee, if you know Michael, Michael can make friends with a wall. I mean, he just talks to everyone. And, and Michael begins to engage Redmelia in conversation and begins to explain a little bit what, what's going on, kind of answers some of her surface questions and invites her to come to be a part. And in the conversation, she begins to, she begins to reveal more and more and more of herself. The fact that this 22-year-old single mom had had multiple abortions, didn't really feel worthy to do anything or be connected with God or with church, was a single mom currently and uh, just in that conversation, Michael didn't criticize her, didn't judge her, just shared the grace and the love of Jesus, the good news, the gospel message, that God loved Romelia right where she was. And that God had a plan and a purpose for our life. And that God was in control. And that God wanted good for her. And that day, Romelia gave her heart and life to Jesus Christ. Why? Because you sent a missionary, Michael McNamee, along with the team from this church in the summer of 2010, 10 years ago. And they communicated a message that she heard for the first time in her life. And she had reception and received it. And today, <laughs> she has a relationship with Jesus Christ. She knows that heaven is her home. And the good news of Jesus Christ that changed your life and that changed my life changed hers. Because you sent the gospel to her. And you said it in a way that she could hear it. And she heard it, which is a work of the Holy Spirit. And it went from just hearing it to into her heart, and it changed her life. That's how God works the gospel. That's the good news. That's what you and I are called to do. We're not called to judge. We're not called to condemn. We're called to let people know there is a God that loves you so much that he sent and gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for the sins, for all the junk that you feel and the weight 
that you're dealing with, that it can be washed away, that you can have new life in him, that you don't have to live this way, but that you can be more than a conqueror, that you can overcome, that you can have life and life to the fullest today and forever. That's what we're called to do. That's the reception of the gospel. And I pray that we will always be a church that will send, that will always be a people that will go, and that we won't just allow that word preacher to be relegated to some formal institutionalized view or ideology of that, but rather truly understand that a preacher is you and me. It's anyone who's been touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. As saved people, we are called to go out and save our world to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you today for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that it is so applicable to our lives. And I just pray, help us today. Help us in this moment to live this out, to realize that we are sent and that we are called to go. Help us to see people. Let us see people. Holy Spirit, turn our eyes on that we're able to see people that are hurting, that need the grace and the goodness and the love of Jesus Christ. And let us share that love of Jesus. Let us share that, 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 that grace of Jesus that we've received. And in turn, Lord, to see other people here believe and give their lives to you. I pray, Lord, for anybody right now that may be maybe in person in a service or watching. That's you. And you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I just want to take just a moment, and I want to lead you in a prayer. And if you'll believe the prayer that you're about to pray, you will receive that good news. The reception of the gospel will happen in your life based upon what you've heard today. Will you pray this prayer with me? And if you're in person, would you lend your voice with someone who may be praying this prayer for the very first time? All of us pray this together. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, to come into my life, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you, Jesus, are the Son of God, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave. Thank you for life, new life in you today, Jesus. Father, I pray for every person that prayed that prayer for the very first time, that you would just let the joy of, 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 of the Lord just be their strength and that the peace of God that passes all understanding would just umpire and rule their hearts. In Jesus' name, thank you for this gospel message. Help us to share it with everyone we come in contact with and allow the work of the reception of the gospel be real. In Jesus' name, amen.